Welcome to Doing a World of Good, a podcast from the American Institute of Chemical Engineers and generously supported by Raj and Kumla Gupta, shining the light on the positive works of our members and supporters. I'm your host, Bob Norp. We should all know by now that engineering has a diversity problem, but still many of us may not grasp the full impact. It's an issue that forces many young engineers who are non-white or non-male to wrestle with the question of identity in the workplace, causing many of these individuals to hold back from expressing their unique cultural perspective and voice for fear of alienation. And the sad truth is that the profession as a whole suffers as a result of it. So today, to talk more about this issue, we're pleased to welcome to the show two champions of diversity initiatives in the field and the most recent recipients of the AICHE Minority Affairs Committee Imminent Chemical Engineers Award. Now, first up, we have Miss Anna Davis. Anna is Head of Health, Safety, and Environment for Syngenta and a member of the AICHE Board of Directors. Welcome, Anna. Thank you. And next, we're pleased to have Dr. Zenaida Gephardt. Zenaida is an Associate Professor of Chemical Engineering at Rowan University and is a member of the AICHE Foundation's Board of Trustees and a fellow and, and <laughs> Board of Trustees and Fellows Council. Zenaida, welcome. Sorry for tripping over your introduction. <laughs> uh, it's very good to be here. Thank you, Bob. Oh, you're both welcome. Now, probably the best place for us to start this conversation is with this past year's annual meeting. Now, I wasn't there, but what I understand is both of you gave what are widely held as two of the most inspirational talks of the entire event. Now, I'd love if each of you could encapsulate the premise of your speech and maybe sum up what your call to action is. Anna, if you could start, I'd love to hear what your talk was about and what you, it meant to you and what it, you would like people to take away from it. Right. I know it, it was, look, it was uh, uh, probably a, a highlight of my career. And to be able to share the stage with Zenaida um, was just, uh, you know, a once in a lifetime experience. Um, I had the chance to talk about my own journey as a, as a Hispanic a female chemical engineer. I got to share um, three things that I've learned along the way. And that is one, self-acceptance and really learning to love yourself for who you are and being able to be comfortable in your own shoes, because only when that happens can you really be the best version of yourself. And, and I talked a lot about that journey of self-acceptance in the, in the context of leadership, because I think when we as leaders can be true to who we are, um, and we're not put in a box in terms of how we should operate, uh, what we should look like, how we should talk, there's a real freedom to that, and a real independence that I think brings about a much greater um, and a stronger team as a result. And lastly, I talked about courage because I think uh, we're surrounded by stories of courage, whether it be uh, diversity or otherwise, and really being able to learn from those stories of courage to then uh, take on that courage ourselves and go on and do great things and change the world. Um, so that's, that's some of the things that I talked about. Um, quite a, it was quite an emotional um, talk for me, probably one of the most emotional talks that I've done. And, and what would be your, what would be your desire from that talk? What would you hope that people took away from it? Or what would be your perfect outcome as a result of someone hearing that speech? 
you know, I think every single person that was in that audience, and I think Zenaida would probably agree, they have their own their own stir- story of self-acceptance. And at some point in time, feeling like um, they needed to change who they were to either um, look the way they ought to, you know, what they think you ought to look like in a, in a corporate environment, um, maybe in their own place, in their own lives, they've had a family member that's going through a difficult time, uh, alienation. Uh, you hear a lot about bullying in, in young kids. So I, I think what what I what I had hoped that my my own journey, my own story shared with folks is that yes, these things happen. It's a journey. Um, I describe it as a little bit like running a marathon, right? You know, and that journey of self acceptance sometimes takes a long time, but once you appreciate who you are, where you come from. Um, it's amazing um, the way in we can you can channel that energy and into doing really great things. So so I hope people walked away with a feeling that you might be different and that's okay because that's a really cool thing. And that's really what's gonna uh, you know gonna really revolutionize the, the way we we approach our daily lives and, and go on to do great things as chemical engineers. We're going to get back to that in a second because that's a really important point. But I want to go to Zenaida. Um, Zenaida, what was your talk about and what did you focus on? Well, first, let me say that it was a real privilege for me to share uh, these, this award with uh, Anna. Uh, she just was uh, was an amazing inspiration, uh, very much so that, that day. And it's been great to, to get to know her as well. You know, talking about myself is hard for me. So when I was trying to prepare my remarks for the meeting... I realized that there were many people and institutions whose supports have been instrumental uh, in my career and my life overall, and I had much to say about them. So my focus was really on hands up as such an important component as talent and hard work uh, in success. And I highlighted, for example, my scholarship to Northwestern University, and I wanted to leave uh, folks with the idea that strategic hands up is a very important way to obtain the diversity and inclusion that we all know we need to develop the future engineers that are going to see the opportunities and the challenges ahead that will benefit the profession and their communities. So when when hands up uh, are not strategic, you can uh, compare them. And this is uh, something I mentioned uh, at the meeting to an ongoing game of monopoly when all of the good properties are taken and have hotels on them and you bring in a new person and give them $200 to join the game, uh, just like everyone got at the beginning of the game. This is not a game that person can win. And sometimes that's part of how we we look at these situations and think that certain groups uh, did not succeed, even though they were helped uh, along the way. So my, my call to action is, you know, strategic hands up. Uh, diversity and inclusion are, are critical for uh, profitability, growth, and development. We know that. The data are pretty clear on this. And that hands up to underrepresented groups is are very important. And maybe you could explain hands up a little bit more for people who don't understand that. Well, I mentioned my, my scholarship to Northwestern University, which included uh, tuition, room and board, books, and a campus job. So I was really able to make the most of what the talents uh, that I had. Uh, I mentioned teachers that along the way gave me a hands up, uh, specifically when I first came to the United States. Uh, my uh, 
the, the first teacher I had in the United States didn't really speak uh, Spanish and sat me next to her and with uh, hand gestures and a lot of commitment uh, got me uh, through and taught me so that at the end of the year, uh, I my my English was strong enough to to uh, be able to participate uh, well. And the, the one thing that I mentioned uh, that goes from when I first came to the United States was that when we were at the uh, refugee uh, processing center uh, in, in Miami, uh, there was an officer there that was drinking a soda and eating uh, chips. And my brother and I, uh, I have a younger brother, uh, were really hungry and looking at each other thinking, you know, you know, this is not all that all that great. Maybe communism is not so bad. Kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, have to, you have to realize we were nine and we were hungry and tired. But uh, the officer left and he came back and brought uh, sodas and chips for both of us. And that really started me off uh, thinking uh, that in the United States, uh, I would be able to become a contributor because there were opportunities and that people welcomed uh, people to come and be contributors. And in many ways, I think that set me on the road of choosing optimism and marching on. So when things did get difficult and when there was overt and covert discrimination uh, throughout my career and my life, that I was able to choose optimism and march on. Uh, and uh, those are the kinds of experiences that are, are hands up uh, along the way. I've had advisors in graduate school that did the same thing for me, that encouraged me to go to graduate school, uh, even though I was thinking I should really get a job and send money home. Uh, so all throughout my life, uh, there, there have been hands up that I am very grateful for and helped to shape who I am today. I love that vision. I love that vision of people reaching out and helping you and giving you a hands up when in these key moments. And it wasn't taken as somebody just doing something for you. It was your call to action to go out into the world and be a contributor. I, I, I love that vision. Um, the, there's something that Anna said I want to go back to. There's this thought that you need to hold back or even mask your cultural identity or just be one of the boys. It's kind of insidious when you think about it. What do you see as the consequences of this pressure, Anna, both on individual career advancement in the wider engineering community? Yeah, I mean, imagine if you come to work every day and you are pretending to be someone you're really not, right? It could be in the way you speak. You know, for me, I always spoke a little faster than other people and I had an accent and um, I've got a lot of passion and emotion uh, about things and my hands are waving half the time. That was unusual for people. And so for a long time for me was trying to uh, to some extent, spending a lot of energy trying to be like what I thought it was, you know, I was supposed to be like in a corporate environment. And I can tell you when you come to work like that every day, you cannot, first of all, you know, you're not staying true to who you are, but you know, you, you cannot deliver to your highest potential. You're spending so much energy towards something that's frankly not, not bringing you value personally, but not, you're not bringing value for the company. You're not allowing that diversity of thought to really shine through because of your own fears of what people may think about you. So, you know, it's really a negative for both parties. You know, when you think about retention of people in the workplace, it's people that like being there, that feel comfortable being there. 
people that are being accepted. If you think about on the back end of that, companies um, are under tremendous pressure every single day to come up with the next big idea, you know, deliver in the marketplace. Um, you cannot do that if you don't have that diversity of thought in your teams. And diversity of thought comes um, from an environment where everyone is valued and appreciated um, for the differences that they bring to the, to the table. And, and so for me, it took a, a little bit longer uh, than I would have hoped if I had to do it all over again. I would have entered the workplace, I think, with a higher level of confidence that um, I, I, I could go on and do great things just by simply being who I was. Um, now that I know that, I can tell you that I'm living probably the best version of myself. And, uh, and I think the teams that I, that I work with and the teams that I lead uh, will tell you that, you know, they rather work for somebody that knows uh, where they stand and who they are. And, you know, I'm not here to, um, to pretend to be someone I'm not, that, that people in general are more comfortable working with people that are, that are really more authentic and, and true to who they are. That doesn't mean I'm, I'm not perfect in lots of ways. And I work on, on my leadership flaws every day. Um, but I, but I think that the benefits of being true to who you are, are just, uh, are, are just what you can deliver. is just remarkable. Could, would either of you feel comfortable sharing maybe a specific example of where your, your unique cultural identity had a positive impact on your company or your university or wherever you were working at that particular time? Um, I mean, I, I know this is getting a little personal, but I would love to hear some, some, some actual examples of how this has made a difference in the company around you. Zanaida, did you want to take this one or you want me to do that or? Uh, well, uh, let me first say that anytime a person, uh, cannot bring all that he or she is to an endeavor, we all lose. And this is a really important uh, point that I think uh, needs to get to get across. And I think Anna mentioned that uh, a bit in terms of uh, everybody winning when you can bring all of your uh, all of your uh, of who you are into the workplace. It not only limits your your career advancement involved, but it also limits how what you have to offer in such a wide range of ways. And the data are pretty clear, you know, diversity, inclusion, uh, generate better results in general, uh, all over. Uh, we, we understand that that is true. Uh, in my case, I think, for example, I have a real sense of what some of our students from underrepresented groups experience. So I can uh, be helpful uh, in ways because I understand uh, where they come from and they are more comfortable with me once they find out that I understand who they are. And uh, that's actually, in several occasions, been really uh, helpful in helping really talented students that have uh, problems or concerns that are more or less specific to their, their ethnicity uh, and uh, I've been able to be very helpful that way uh, and guide students so that they can be the very best uh, that they can be. Uh, and that, that's been a real uh, eye-opening thing for me, how important that has been. Uh, you, you bring up the university setting. Um, that's, that's really interesting to me because um, while you're doing a great job, I'm wondering are the schools as a whole keeping pace on this issue? I mean, what more can be done to help students embrace a more multicultural view of the engineering disciplines and maybe um, facilitate 
more opportunity for people of diverse cultures, backgrounds, um, uh, sexes, quite frankly, because there's a gender gap in the business. W- what do you think the schools need to do better, Zanata? Well, you know, universities are doing a great deal to attract underrepresented groups in engineering and to attract uh, international students and to offer support that these students need to succeed and, and become contributors. And I, I stress that, that, you know, when we have more contributors, uh, we all win. Okay, But there's more to do in that, not only in terms of funding, which is all uh, also an, an issue, and it's become more of an issue uh, in the last uh, uh, decade or so, but also in the area of social adjustment to the university setting. You know, there's unique needs associated with students from underrepresented groups that need to be identified and addressed. So these students can uh, fully integrate themselves into their their courses and university life uh, and be uh, strong contributors to the university. Uh, For example, something as simple as an international student that needs to get a driver's license uh, in the United States and has to uh, you know, pass uh, the test and get there and those kinds of things. We we sometimes forget uh, that uh, even though we may think that that's not a big uh, issue for a, a traditional student, that that is a, an issue for someone that uh, has arrived from a foreign country. For underrepresented groups, there's uh, issues of uh, different family dynamics where a student may have certain family responsibilities that are not typical of traditional students. And and being able to help students and support students uh, through those those, uh, differences. Uh, Differences that enrich the university uh, community. Uh, Certainly there's opportunities within universities uh, through Engineers Without Borders and other organizations to allow students from the United States to really have experience Uh, with uh, people from uh, other countries and other cultures. You know, there is nothing that uh, makes us realize how similar we are uh, than to travel and go somewhere and see how people live and live among them. So there's uh, universities make a real effort, you know, departments of chemical engineering, uh, which I can speak for, make a real effort uh, in terms of uh, doing those kinds of experiences for students And I can really see the change uh, in students. I've worked with Engineers Without Borders in the past and have led teams uh, to uh, Latin America. And I'm always uh, so thrilled with the impact it has on our traditional students uh, when they come back uh, and how they've grown uh, in even such a short time to really see uh, themselves as global citizens. And that is really the major obligation uh, of a university to to develop global citizens. And it's uh, very uh, thrilling and rewarding to see students uh, become global citizens that way. Well, that's, that's really encouraging to hear. That's fantastic news. Um, now, you're both also on the on AICHE boards, um, different boards, but you're both involved with working with the organization. How is the organization helping employees understand the benefits of encouraging and uh, encouraging and supporting a more diverse I'm sorry let me get back on this how is the AICHE helping employers understand the benefits of encouraging and supporting a more diverse workplace Anna maybe you could start talking from a board perspective what's the organization doing as a whole 
Yeah, I mean, you know, this has been a, a, a very big focus area for us in the past year. I mean, I think the place where we've chosen to start really is having a conversation um, because it's very difficult um, to, to change the landscape of diversity and inclusion if, if, if there's not even a, a point or a starting point to talk about. So we've initiated that discussion. We, um, if you go to our annual conference, you'll see a lot of sessions um, on diversity and inclusion, uh, really making sure that our speakers, uh, the people that you see on stage represent uh, the diversity of the population that we have in our chemical engineering community. So when um, a student that may come to the annual conference comes to our uh, comes to one of the sessions, he or she can see themselves in that person. So we're changing the landscape of, of what that looks like. We also, in, um, in, in some of our organizations with an AICHE, for example, CCPS, the Center for Chemical Process Safety, of which I'm very involved with, this year, I'm very proud that we were able to bring um, the uh, Process Safety Boot Camp. This is a very exclusive boot camp that's offered to about five or six universities in the country. This year, we brought that boot camp to the to uh, North Carolina A&T in Greensboro, which is the largest um, uh, HBCU historical college university in the country. So we're not just talking about diversity, but really changing. Um, the way that we're implementing some of our critical priorities to ensure that we're just not talking about diversity, but we are living uh, the values of diversity and inclusion. We've done a lot with the LGBTQ plus community. And so we, we believe in the power of diversity. We believe that we are in the early stages of that journey um, and we've got a long way to go. But we are very passionate as a board, and we want to make sure that conversation only grows year on year. We're also doing a lot with the Doing uh, a World of Good campaign, uh, really focused on uh, bringing women and underrepresented uh, minorities from the classroom to the boardroom uh, with a number of uh, a very innovative uh, programs uh, funded by the foundation uh, where we believe uh, we have the people and the, and the right support environment with an AICHE to really change uh, that landscape for the next generation of, of women and underrepresented minorities. So I'm, I'm very proud of the work that's underway. Uh, but like I said earlier, it's a journey. Zenaida and I are part of that journey. We'll continue to do our very best um, and put our hands up for that next individual. But it's gonna take everyone listening on this call um, but every single one of our 60,000 members of AICHE to really, uh, we need their help in creating a transformational movement uh, where everyone, and I mean everyone, can feel appreciated, valued, and can really, really be true to who they are in that workplace. And Zanata, I'd love to hear if you have anything more to add to that because you sit on the foundation and... Um, you are probably very aware of the resources that are, you're being, that are being made available to the community. How, how can we help? Uh, well, first of all, it's, it was my privilege also to uh, be past chair of the Social Impact Operating Council, one of the three councils of the Institute. And this council has committees on women's, minority, and engineers with disability, uh, as well as LGBTQ uh, plus uh, 
affairs. And uh, it, it, throughout the council and through these committees, we have uh, educational uh, opportunities and networking opportunities for members among themselves, but also uh, between members and industrial partners that allow for that the conversations to take place and the connections uh, to be made. Uh, the foundation strongly supports and has funded, uh, certainly in the last uh, between five and 10 years, a significant number of projects that are specifically designed uh, to address uh, needs of our members uh, that are minority uh, women, uh, engineers with disabilities and LGBTQ uh, members. Uh, we have worked uh, closely with department chairs uh, across the country to uh, offer workshops and seminars to help department chairs uh, generate uh, inclusive and diverse environments uh, within their departments. And in many ways, uh, it, that is an important component because you educate young people so that young engineers that first go into the workplace uh, understand and have a sense of the benefits, the importance of diversity and inclusion. They see how it, it feels good to them, how it's been an environment where they have been able to thrive. They want to generate that in their workplaces. And there's lots of evidence to suggest that millennials in particular uh, want to work in diverse and inclusive workplaces, that that is one of the criterion that they uh, use to select where they're going to go to work. So the AICHE has been instrumental in really talking about developing a, a diversity and inclus uh, inclusivity culture so that it, it's really a culture uh, shift uh, in the same way that the AICHE was so instrumental in developing a safety culture with our industrial partners. Uh, and as Anna mentioned, there's a, there's a long way to go. But, you know, one step at a time uh, and doing the work that is in front of us with an eye in the, what we want the future to look like, it's how the AICHE has proceeded uh, in the area of diversity and inclusion and it's been a privilege for me to have been a very small part of it. And that's a perfect place for us to wrap this up because we're out of time. Thank you so much for spending your, your time with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Now, our guests today have been Ms. Anna Davis and Dr. Zenaida Gephardt. For more details about the topics we discussed or to find out more about the Doing a World of Good campaign, visit doingaworldofgood.org. And that does it for this episode of Doing a World of Good. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, search for us on your favorite podcast directory or visit doingaworldofgood.org. On behalf of everyone at the American Institute of Chemical Engineers, I'm Bob Norp. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.